Hi, I'm going to... Oh, wow. Hi, guys. Um, I'm going to use this for a little bit. We've got a battery issue on this side. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming. My name's Calvin Jung. Uh, I work for a company called Uno, Uno Digital. And we essentially work in the social technology space uh, in optimizing social media for, you know, for enterprise clients and that kind of thing. Uh, this is not going to be 10 tips. I don't really know how many tips there are, and they're not necessarily my tips either. What we've decided to do is to mix it up a little bit and um, call on some of our radio industry friends to give us some of their tips. A lot of them are presenters, and um, I thought we'll use that as a base to discuss some of the some of the thoughts and hacks and, uh, and tips. Still working? No? No. Okay, I'll just keep using this then. Um, if it starts duplicating, just let me know. So, uh, as I mentioned, we, we took a, reached out to a bunch of guys in the industry uh, and got their thoughts. First one being Alex Cage. He said, if you wouldn't put it on a billboard, on the N1, with your name and picture, then don't put it on social media. To me, I have been trying to explain that or use that advice to a lot of my clients uh, and even to my mom and my wife for a long time because... Your social media commentary is actually the, the evolution of blogging. That's, that's how social media evolved. Uh, meaning you're publishing a piece of content the same way a newspaper editor would. And is this something, this something that you're saying, is this something you would stake your career on? Because at the end of the day, it boils down to that. It's not your rambling thoughts. It's you publishing a piece of content that you have vetted um, and agreed to. So is it something that you truly believe in, or is it just some flippant thought which should have stayed in your head? Social media is permanent. It's more important, more permanent than your own website. You don't have control of it. You do not own it. Twitter owns it. Facebook owns it. Um, and they will keep it up as long as they want to keep it up. So if you're not willing to have your statement scrutinized by a lawyer or by the press, just don't say it. The value is ho hardly ever outweighs, outweighs the risk. So thanks, Alex. Nick Hammond says, don't tweet your opinion. Social media is a dangerous place. And uh, it looks like he's kind of tweeted that a couple of times in his own way. Celebrities should have to take standardized tests before being allowed to tweet about important topical issues. <laughs> so I actually buy into this. Opinions and business are a tricky place in general. So especially if you're trying to get money off of someone who might have future access to all... Yeah? Okay, great. So especially if you're trying to get money off of someone in the future, a brand, um, an advertiser, if you... Uh, accidentally or per purposefully talk about them and they know that, then you might jeopardize your chances of actually getting them to buy into your, buy into your uh, organization. So when you, um, also when you bump into people like, like, where's Ryan and Jake's? So when you bump into people like Ryan and I who've got every single tweet you've ever made, then you might start thinking twice about what you're putting. This is, this is Nick Hammond's emotional roller coaster on Twitter. Every tweet since the beginning, his angers, his fears, his disgust, and um, your potential clients might have access to that. And they probably do, because we're kind of talking to them. Um, so you can kind of see, do I have my mouse here? Yeah. I think I'm cutting off half of the screen. Can I fix, sorry, can I fix this somehow? Anybody know how? Seems to be half the screen stuck. But anyway, let's see how far we get. Um, Around about June 2016, you'll start seeing it cut off, where I think you probably came to the epiphany that social media is a dangerous place. He also, 
has a couple of these tweets himself, saying like, OMG, I received such bad service from this person that so help me, I'm going to tweet about it and ruin them forever. Like, do they know who they're messing with? Um, look, fortunately for him, he was actually just making a commentary, a sarcastic comment about people who do that. He wasn't actually talking about somebody. But somebody in your organization may be talking like this. Ryan, when he first joined my, my company, we, we sat down and said, stop bashing all the brands that you buy because one day we might be sitting in front of them and analyzing social media data about that brand, and then our names come up. Um, it actually happened in, in a discovery meeting. Discovery's here, they might have been in that meeting, um, where we're looking at everybody that was angry about discovery within a certain period, and um, our names came up. That's reality. And sometimes it works in your favor, but obviously in your, in your case, you want to try and tread lightly there. Frankie. Frankie Fire says, I share the moments that matter and I share all the cool stuff we do on air. There's no difference between my radio personality and my social media pages. Nothing is fake. Also, great advice. As a highly visible personality, a presenter can't have two faces because both faces are equally visible and equally scrutinized. Have fun with it. Be real. And if you're not an idiot in real life, have a look at and see whether your social persona is reflecting that. So... It's easy to lose context and sarcasm in 140 So you might have this really cool joke in your head and think it's going to land when you type it out, but when it's in text form, it might sound like a, like a statement or a statement of abuse or something like that. So vet yourselves or vet, vet your presenters and vet your colleagues. Barney says, I think twice before you tweet anything or think twice before you tweet anything, market and sell yourself in a positive way, question authority. I'm not sure if you had two tips here, or whether marketing yourself is maybe a positive way, uh, in a positive way relies on questioning authority, but thinking twice is a valuable add-on uh, to what we've already, already said. Edit yourself and edit your organization. So there's a, there's a theme coming on here, and I think all the presenters that we spoke to have come to that realization quite, quite early on. Rian changed it up a little bit. He said, keep it simple, short videos and pics of everything you do on air, people want to see as well as hear. So this leads on to a, um, a broader, important topic as well. If anyone's heard the Bugle podcast, they, uh, I'm going to misquote them and say that you're providing audio entertainment in a visual world. Um, I personally believe that audio is much greater today, or the need for audio is much greater today than it was than it's ever been, but you can't deny that adding visual reinforcements into your mix is, uh, is vital in this day and age. If, if pictures speak a thousand words and, and videos speak a million words, then this is a way to exponentially add to your, your word count. So perhaps encourage your presenters to add short kind of in-studio clips. I think some, some stations are already doing this. Um, maybe jump on Snapchat, Snapchat, have regular intros to shows, or when guests come in, um, add them onto, uh, from a visual perspective onto some of these mediums as well. Ayanda says, I never tweet out of emotion unless it's to share sentiments on what has happened, but when I'm angry or frustrated, I never touch it. Unfortunately, we found one from February 5th, 2014, so <laughs> which says that. But it's, it's another great tip. You're entertainers, or your presenters are entertainers. But the social environment is like a town hall, it's, um, which each of us is essentially chairing uh, in our own way. So if you're, ang if you're not an angry individual in real life, then don't portray that on your social channels either. 
So imagine Twitter as this big kind of town hall scenario. Everyone's shouting at you. Some of it's relevant. Some of it's irrelevant. Some of it's absolute rubbish. You don't engage with every person shouting. You uh, try to provide some structure. You try to provide some guidance um, and try to bring about some kind of cohesive dialogue amongst all of this clutter. And sometimes it simply means stating your case and shutting up afterwards. Say it, drop the mic, and walk. Um, another add-on is maybe don't encourage the trolls. If anybody's been in a situation, you know that nobody wins except the troll. Um, don't let them get to you. There's no reward in trying to win a fight on social media. There's never been a front page article about how some courageous DJ or presenter embarrassed an unruly troublemaker. Um, it normally goes the other way. Okay. Carmen says, don't say controversial things or swear and be ugly to people unless they tune me, then I'm, then I'm rude back. But I only tweet nice things now that can extend my brand and I don't use social media to promote brands that don't suit me. Again, valid rule for life. Um, but it brings to fore the idea of a personal brand. And similar to what Barney was talking about, the, the presenters have their own brands. And this extends past the stations themselves and, and, and extends past the tenure that those presenters have on the stations. But with any sponsorship or collaboration, you guys need to work out whether the station's brand and the personality's brand mix and complement each other. So doing social media audits on DJ's histories may give the stations a better idea of whether their personal brand works with the brand of the station and whether it's going to uh, complement each other and expand. Okay. So Forbes says, uh, a presenter should never direct listeners to their social media page during a show. You never want the message on radio to go to social media. Instead, the message on social media should be listen to the show. This is, I think, one of the better business tips for, um, for radio and for anything else because it plays into the role of conversion funnels. If anybody knows know, how, we, how these conversion funnels work. If you're selling shoes online, you don't tell people to click away to their Facebook page while they're hovering over the Shop Now button. Um, if your radio signal is your final content destination, then all your channels should act as drivers to that destination. Whether it's immediate or more of a long-term play, the goal is to get people to listen in. I understand. So you could use social media to attract those people who've never listened to you with engaging content, um, but the goal is to eventually to get them to tune in when they get the opportunity. Okay. So, I mean, even imagine if you're, a, if you're a, local, a local station or localized station, if you can get people to engage with you on a, social, on a social platform, get them to understand your style, your content, get excited about it, the next time they visit or move to that city, then you're the first station they're going to tune to. Um, Korea says, you don't need perfect videos or photos, just try to make great content. And this is, this is really the mantra of all modern business these days. If you ever listen to any of these Silicon Valley companies, it's all about uh, MVPs, minimal viable products, get something out. It's better to have something out than to have, try and perfect something on the shelf or in the labs and never get it out. Um, content, in terms of content, you'd rather have semi-flawed something there than um, work at the same thing over and over again until a month later you've never put anything out. So get stuff out. Be aware of the content itself. Don't just put rubbish out there. But people aren't expecting perfection. Um, you can also curate user-generated content rather than producing all of the stuff on your own. You have a ton of content available which 
your audience is creating on your behalf, or you can encourage them to create it on your behalf. And they will more than be more than happy for you to use that, giving them credit, of course, as opposed to trying to find your own content and create your own content again and again and again. Robbie Cruz says, use it for promoting show content for sport. I also think it is great to promote shows. Thanks, Robbie. That's good. Um, so yeah, just a quick summary. Unfortunately, it's cut off here, so I'll read it. Number one, be prepared to stake your career on your social media opinions. Number two, public social media is professional PR. Treat it as such. Ensure the DJ's personal social brand enhances the brand of the station. Visual content is key, but it doesn't always have to be professionally designed. Just get it out. And social media is part of the conversion funnel. Use it as a promotion and an extension, but don't treat it as the final destination. There's a, there's a, there's a quote by uh, one of these content guys saying, um, don't build your content ship on somebody else's land. Um, because they can put gates around it at any time. So find a way to get, have your content destination be something that you own and you control. Okay. So that's the, that's the presenter stuff. So management have other concerns as well and other ways of leveraging social media, which, which I want to discuss quite briefly. Obviously, your website is one of them. But leveraging all your, all your channels in a connected way is vital. Social media can lead directly to the show, but it might lead to the website, which eventually leads to, uh, to a listener conversion as well. Conversely, your website might be highlighting your social channels, which um, might get somebody engaged over the long term, which eventually leads to somebody converting as a listener as well. Highlight your on-air personalities, your, promote your shows, particularly your show features. Think of it as a notification system. I think, I think social media Again, if we go back to where everything originated from blogs and even before that, things like bulletin boards, um, you need to start thinking of them as a notification system, a modern-day pager telling your audience what's coming up. If they tune in to the station at any given time, they might not be getting the information that they need for future reference. They might be tuning in for five minutes and miss the promotion that's coming up. Um, so you can start using your social channels to fill in those gaps and to be that bulletin board of, of what's coming up, what's new, how things changing. Okay. Obviously, I mean, you, you can use your social channels to add great additional ways of enhancing your advertising opportunities. Um, you can do a lot on air, but adding in the visual and engaging options that social has innately built into it can add a nice line item to your proposals. Um, but I think all of you guys know that stuff. That's, that's the basics and kind of the obvious stuff. What you might not know is that you can use all of the social data for research. And that's, and that's kind of the exciting space that that's the use of social is moving into. You've had people posting publicly about their, their opinions and insights and needs for years. And all you need to do is to tap into that to be able to predict and analyze certain things. So in your case, you could start analyzing people's listening habits. When are they listening? If you look on the, on the right here, this is the top hashtags used by any 5FM Twitter fan in the last month. Now, now playing rocks up over there. If you start analyzing all of that, you can start picking up what people are listening to in their spare time. Um, which celebrity is influential to certain audiences? You can work out, if, you, if you're able to ring fence a group of people and say, this is the target audience that we're trying to get to, 
you're able to work out who actually influences them outside of your arena and tap into that to, that just suddenly got louder, uh, to tap into that to be able to get them into your, into your space. What kind of music is important to certain segments? Changing tastes, not only when are they listening, what are they listening to, what are they like, what are they expecting, what are they hoping for, what kind of topics are they interested in if you talk radio. Um, as again, if we look at this audience over here, I can see which TV show they watched. So I know that they watched The Voice just by, by what they told us on social media. Um, I could tell that they had an interest in Beat Bangers Radio. Um, they watched Date My Family. But then the Knives and the Fire was a very important thing to this, to this group of people. And that might be something that you guys need to talk about or understand at least for future things. Um, Nzanzi Follow Train now playing all of those kinds of things. Um, also trying to work out who influences different segments of followers. Not only your, your fans, but somebody that you might be approaching from an, uh, from an advertising perspective. If we have a look at 5FM's Twitter followers, we can see Kaspin Jorvest is the one person that this audience has found interesting or engaged with the most in the last 30 days. But then there's a whole bunch of other people. There's Nasty, Just Collie, eBay, Fikile Mbalula, um, Julius Malema, so you guys can't see any of that. But then you look at the flip side on, on the right here, this is Take A Lot's followers. You guys might be approaching Take A Lot or doing some campaign with them and be able to explain to them that you understand their audience well enough to, to promote their products to them. And in this case, again, you can't really see this here, but this is Take A Lot's Twitter followers over the last 30 days. 702 was important to them. Uh, ECR is down here, and then Reedy Clarby comes up. So suddenly you start knowing, potentially you've already run this campaign with them, and that's why they're influential, or before the campaign runs, you can start working out who, um, who is important to these people and tap into that. So you can also use social data to analyze sentiment. I'm sure most people have, um, have seen these kinds of things. Are people talking positively or negatively about your brand or with your brand? In your case, chances are they're talking about what you're talking about. So you need to, you need to look at that from a different angle. Um, if somebody's mentioning your radio station in a positive light, or they're mentioning your radio station, the other things that they're talking about in that context is probably you know, the, the topics you're talking about and whether they're positive or negative about that. So you can analyze sentiment, you can analyze things like emotion these days, um, you can analyze volume and increases and drops in volume and then indicate or, or dictate whether there is relevance anymore. Are you losing relevance in the social media space? Um, do you need to up your, um, your presence there as well? And then the question is, are your stations actually responding to listeners? These guys are engaging. I mean, who's, I mean I, I'm not sure who's in the room here, but if you are working for a station, do you guys actively, by a show of hands, actively respond to people within five minutes? Okay, some? That's fine. So, not many people do, but that is what the corporate brands are trying to do. The corporate brands are putting a lot of effort into responding to people within five to ten minutes. Why? Because... That's how normal conversation works. It's not good enough anymore to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning, respond to who, everyone that spoke to you yesterday, go through the day, and then 5 o'clock in the afternoon decide to see what happened. That's not how a conversation works, and that's not how social media works anymore. 
But to be able to do that, you need to, you need to take all of this quite seriously. And, to be able, and when you take things seriously, you start giving your staff the tools to do it properly. So, I mean, you guys put a lot of money into, uh, into the channels that you take seriously. You know, spend a lot of money in your tech. Um, I don't know whether this is good tech. It's probably rubbish, but some, so, uh, <laughs> some, some, somebody on Google Images said it was. Um, but the point is, for your broadcasting, you're spending a lot of money because that's an important channel to you. Um, even for incoming calls, you might put a switchboard in place because that's an important channel of communication with your people. If you're at that point where social media is important to you, you need to invest the time and resources and get the right tools to make it easy and efficient for, for your teams. Instead of giving them a ham radio and hope, hoping they do good because they're young and 19 years old and somehow understand social media. That's not how it works anymore. So, are you planning your content, outbound content in an organized, collaborative way as well? Do you have the right kind of technology to um, start planning your social campaigns in, in uh, line with your email campaigns, in line with your on-air campaigns, you know, in, in line with all your other advertising? Instead of doing it in a bubble, and sending somebody an Excel spreadsheet and sharing that over email. There are tools to make this easy, to collaborate with your agencies, to get approvals via the, the correct stakeholders in the company. Um, and if that is something that's important to you, then um, we'd suggest doing it properly as well. And then finally, getting to the, the real nirvana of all of this is finding a way to bring all of that information, all of that data, all of those operations together into one place and being able to make business decisions based on the data. And that's something that's very important to, to us personally. I think um, a lot of organizations are realizing that, that if you can have a data-driven organization, you can make better decisions, faster decisions, as opposed to waiting for a strategy meeting at the end of the month. Um, and the only way to do that is to bring your social data your website data, your HR data, your financial data, your listenership data into one place which your CEO has immediate access to on their laptops or on their phones at the, in the middle of the night and a way to reach out to the rest of the company and say, cool, what's happening here? I want to know what happened here. Why did this happen? Let's do more of that. Let's do less of that. Um, and be able to make these really important uh, business critical decisions on the fly. Cool. Um, and that's all I needed to talk about. I, um, I'm happy to take any questions if you guys have anything. Thoughts, points, tell me I'm talking rubbish. It's fine. Thanks. Um, this is Ahmed from Voice of Pets. Um, you mentioned that we shouldn't tweet our opinions. That was Nick Hammond who mentioned that. Um, what about analysts? Uh, Ang uh, Angelo Pick, um, you have your uh, Eusebius Makaiser. He tends to tweet a lot and sure. his Facebook posts as well, uh, a lot of his opinion. Uh, how, how could, could you please talk to that about so, that? Should... Yeah, so I mean, I think obviously it's a generalized point that we're making that you know opinions can be dangerous. But if you're a I mean, if you're a Eusebius McKaiser, you have pretty well-planned out opinions. You know, I think you know what, you, what, you, what your opinion is, I hope. And similar to, you know, editor-in-chief of, of a print newspaper, they 
write these editorial columns, these opinion pieces, which they've put time into and they've put thought into, and it's not a, you know, something that flies off the top of the head. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if opinions is your business, then sure, put it out there, but don't do it based on emotion and be careful of whether your opinion gels well with your career and your chosen path. What types of social media content are you seeing working best for radio brands and personalities? So it's not something that I can really answer because it's not something that we, we don't really analyze. We haven't analyzed the radio industry yet. But what I can tell you from the, the stories we hear from the guys that we've spoken to, the radio DJs and that kind of stuff, uh, video, 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 video. <laughs> throw, some, throw a lot of video into things. Um, I mean, when I, when I started in this industry, everything was text, and then suddenly images came in. It's like, oh, you know, you're getting to a point where you've got to add text and images, and then it just became images. And then, you know, things like uh, Instagram popped up, and everything was image-based, and people just used an image and a hashtag. And we've passed that point now. Images aren't good enough anymore. Everything needs to be video. And, and unfortunately, video can't be as perfectly staged as a nice Instagram picture. Um, you need to do a bit more planning into it, but as professionals, I think that's something that you can work towards. And he who has the best, or he she who has the best video content will probably win at the end of the day. Yes. Hi. Hi. Elfie Joe, um, I'll go FM. Just a quick question for you in terms of video. Um, there's this, there is a debate among some people as to where you should put your video. Um, YouTube is obviously the logical place that everybody goes to, but are there platforms where you will benefit more? And if so, could you perhaps elaborate on that? It depends. I, I mean, I think it totally depends on the need uh, or what, you know, what, what are you using the video for? If you're using it for um, longevity, promotional activities, um, you're creating like product or service um, brochureware in a video in a video style yes YouTube's amazing keep your ads and your professionally produced um, segments on on YouTube but if you're looking to do events um, start looking at all the cool stuff that Twitter's doing with live streaming and um, and short snippet video um, don't 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 think of snapchat as a something that's going to die it probably will it'll probably die quite soon but don't don't discount it because it, <laughs> because they could turn things around quite quickly um, Facebook have obviously taken a massive uh, leap into the live streaming section as well. I, I mean, I was personally, I was quite shocked the other day when I found myself watching some US uh, press release on Twitter the whole time while my kids were watching cartoons. And I, six months ago, I would never have thought that Twitter is my video destination for, for watching content like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask, uh, most radio stations, I hear you talk about images, but most radio stations are starting to use WhatsApp, and WhatsApp is known as a personal platform of social media. Why is it that most uh, radio stations are starting to use WhatsApp now as a form of engagement for the listener? Sure. Look, I, I mean, so WhatsApp to me is just the logical next step to your inbound yeah. calls. <laughs>